Hello, my precious Sly Stones. This is your family jewels cutter, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his rhinestone cowboy cast to beware the donated mango. Today's donated story is brought to you by super benefactor James Weber, who put last year's fundraiser over the top in a big, big way. James wanted to hear a story about a certain group of felines. I'm not a cat guy myself, but if I were to take his donation and refuse to write his story, I'm afraid I'd be committing the ultimate sin. The Altharmid Sin by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Being a cat in Althar was pretty sweet. As it was illegal to kill a cat in Althar, they outnumbered the humans and really outnumbered anything else you could think of. There were about a billion of them there, so there wasn't room in Althar to swing a cat, which made the kittens at the playgrounds of Althar quite sad. You couldn't even teeter-totter a cat there. All you could do was stand still, and even then you'd be standing on a cat. Because there was nothing else to do and nowhere to move around, the cats often volunteered to be part of the city works projects, and so many of the roads, buildings, and bridges were made entirely of cats. But once in a while a cat wants to get away from it all. It all meaning all the other cats. With a gene pool as large as theirs, it was inevitable that some of them would gain the ability to leap from the rooftop straight out of town. That's right, I said inevitable. Lots of cats got the idea to leave at the same time, so there was no real escape from the day-to-day -day cat race, but leaving town with merely thousands of cats was so far removed from a billion cats, some of them felt lonely and went back home. But the rest were committed. They were tired of the same old thing, and even tired of their hometown's name, Ulthar. That sounded like some cheap knockoff of Conan the Barbarian, and the cats used to make fun of the hill people whenever they had the chance. For them, there was no turning back. Although their final destination is legendary, there was a detour on that journey. Many were convinced their promised land lay in New York's Catskill Mountains. They read it as cats, kills, and assumed it would be full of dead rodents, birds, and fish. Man, were they disappointed when they discovered nothing but comedians named Jackie and Shecky as far as the eye could see. And since they had cat's eyes, that was even farther than you think. Incidentally, humans flocked to those same mountains because they read the name as Cat Skills and hoped to learn how to jump up on their refrigerators and lick their own crotches. Well, after seeing a couple of sets at the Pudante Lounge, the cats figured the rest of the planet probably sucked too. They made the biggest leap of their nine lives and landed on the moon. The moon was awesome. Its entire surface was basically kitty litter, and it clumped really well. It was on the moon that they discovered they could finally live the good life. They traveled around in Cadillacs and catamarans, or launched themselves through the not air with catapults. Then they all got cataracts. Oh, wait, that wasn't one of the good things. But there was also a lot of lying around or fighting moon beasts and zoogs, so that was sweet. Oh, sure, there was nothing to breathe, but they were cool with that. It's a myth that cats hate vacuums. They only hate noisy earth vacuums. The moons was silent and sucked away all the hair they shed. Eventually, the underwear from Simon Hildebrand's story took the moon over and blanketed the cats, but it was only for a brief time, which the cats referred to as the briefs time. For a while there, the moon was crawling with kitties and undies. That's K-I-T-T-I-E-S, folks. Let's not get too fucking weird on this show. At the end of the underwear-human wars, the underwear that the cats weren't all wearing went back to Earth, but the cats asked that they send the bodies of their enemies back to the moon, both the living and the dead ones, because if there was one thing the cats understood from their time in Althar, it was biological architecture. Their kitty engineers had determined that human bodies had a much better compressive strength than cat bodies, so you could stack them way higher than cats. Human bodies also had a much higher 
fatigue strength, so you wouldn't know it the way the humans were constantly complaining about how tired they were all the time, but the cat spent all that complaining time actually sleeping. Now having a surplus of greater building materials coupled with the weaker gravity of the moon, the cats were able to build the tallest buildings in the solar system. They had so many skyscrapers, they scraped the shit out of that sky and had to send a team of body cats upward to buff the sky. That team rightly assumed the best way to do that was in the buff, and their underwear rained down from the heavens. This was too much for a civilization that now walked around in underwear all the time. They had the naked cats arrested and sentenced them to wear the cat's pajamas. If this story jumped off your hot tin roof, you can moon it and other things that are just asking for it at the web station of the Lunar Visitation, BewareTheHairyMango.com. Yawn enthusiastically in the comments for this post or honey mail me and we'll get drunk on love at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com or settle for a flagon of meat and a swarm of sexy bumblebees at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Whenever we missed the rainbow connection, the SF and SF signal used to stand for sassy frog's legs. Say what you will about eating the random body parts of amphibians, they're better than a kick in the teeth, or exact like a kick in the teeth from a frog. Tweet like a woofer whenever you hear me glumping around at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. This joke is funnier in stereo. If you're listening in stereo, I'm sorry, it doesn't get better. Diddle my donate button on the Mango homepage because it isn't nearly as satisfying when I have to do it myself. And it costs me less money in PayPal fees. This podcast lounges uncomfortably on a giant artificial lily pad made from broken glass and the sound of snails on a chalkboard, which sounds like a nose-blowing sound until you get down to the shell, and the restless fever dreams of those physically unable to masturbate, especially when confronted by the all-new 24-hour Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License Channel. And James Weber can do whatever he wants with it. Until your Lucy Brownies become tidy whities again, this will become formally engaged to Matthew Sanborn Smith while reminding you there's always a party in my pants. And it's usually a search party. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>